What a great week to be alive, people. Thank you for joining us once more on the Forest Film Club. Over there is the Vanilla Bear. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing great. I had an interesting experience yesterday. I'm excited to talk about some new stuff going on with me. Uh, I'll be catching up with you on Scream next weekend. It, great. Yes. And if you so, know, you should know this is Mundo over here. Your chocolate bear. Uh, what what entertainment wise have you been into? Well, so first I got finally got to level 34 of Harry Potter and finished it. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Writing writing some stuff up for us got me all amped back up again. And Absolutely. then I saw a report that now you can go own your own shop in Hogsmeade. And I was like, I don't need the money, but it sounds kind of fun. <laughs> oh that's cool. yeah and it's only for people with playstation so you're, you're screwed Fuck! <laughs> I mean, that's not really something that i would care about no. i probably would. no it just sounds fun I'm, I'm like i just want to do it in case they do another game and then i, I can already yeah. have my shot like, and be done like the, the, the one major side quest i guess in in uh breath of the wild that i never did was you can like build your own house oh okay that seems like a lot you have to start by bringing a homie 300 pieces of wood and i'm like i don't have the time for this i mean i do but I'm not <laughs> going to. no that's fair for what um, a house i can sleep outside yeah that's fair uh finally saw cocaine bear talked yeah. to you yesterday about that that was a ride um, that was a ride greatest i will give her credit that is her best movie so far because it was yeah. intentionally and came out exactly how they planned it to it worked that's that yeah exactly dude regardless yep. of 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 anything else you know that that's how they wanted it to be yep so it's yep. a success in that yeah way. we're good does it have um, problems absolutely is it ridiculous <laughs> it's got a lot Hell of problems yeah. But it's Dude. also very, very gory and very funny at points. And, and there's just a yeah. smidgen of heartfeltness there. Plus, you get to see, spoiler alert, a couple kids eat spoonfuls of cocaine. Just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> Just eat it, dude. No, so my, my highlights were the park ranger because she clearly never shot a gun before. And oh she was God, just fucking dude. winging it that the time. Dude like, tried so hard to get with uh with with Mitch yeah. from <laughs> yeah, and that was okay. That was my other one. Um, well, so actually, Eddie was my favorite character. He was so all over the map the which, whole which movie. One the one that was the son that didn't want to be part of the business anymore. He was oh, like sad, but then not sad, but then a best friend. Then you almost thought he was gay. Like he went through so many transitions in his character. Loved him. <laughs> I want him, him and, in everything. Him and him and uh, him and O'Shea Jackson reminded me a lot of me and you. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, no, and then the because I do these media blackouts, we both do. We don't know what we're going into usually. Yeah, of course. When I saw Mitch pop up and be like this homely <laughs> park ranger, not really a park ranger kind guy. Of, like, I don't know what of he like was. A, kind of like a dundering <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Yeah, he was so good. And like the mustache and the hair was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, my first thought was I knew he was friends with Elizabeth Banks, but I didn't know he was this close of friends with her to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, no. Um, and then before I let you get on with yours, 
my other huge win uh, and is worth a watch, I think, is a show called Lydia Poet. I may have mentioned it to you before that I was going to start it. Lydia um, Poet? It's on Netflix. It's almost... It's not necess- It's not a Sherlock Holmesy thing because she has a person that helps her out every once in a while, but not like as intensely as Watson would help help Sherlock. Right? Um, there's just people around her that are kind of helpful, the but she usually seeks them to out. Lydia P- poet, dude, it's so good. There's like three mysteries happening by episode four that get you totally enraptured in this story. It's a classic, like British style six episode long st- like format oh, uh beautiful. the music it. dude the music is awesome i don't yeah, remember no. the last, last time i left a show and listened to music does it uh um like hint at more to come or is it just like a solidified- i think it will i think it will because there's a lot of loose ends if they plan to f- fix all of these loose ends by two episodes i highly doubt it uh um but honestly, man, the winner is the music. Yeah. Even like the the outro music, I've looked it up on YouTube and listened to the album multiple times now of this artist. And it was, it's not St. Vincent level surprise, but it's pretty darn close. There's just a couple songs that aren't as good. Oh, um, I hear you. I hear you. Really, really impressed. Love it. Um, I'm really hoping they make more, but uh, who knows? They probably won't. By Matilda De Angelis. Mm-hmm. Who is a oh my god an Italian born in Bologna? Do, do they pronounce it Bologna? <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna do that here. <laughs> yeah, that's because that's the city that she's from. <laughs> uh, so yeah, worth the checking out. Um, about like forty-five minutes an episode, I guess. Oh, awesome! So yeah, not, that is- doesn't crush you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I think about it. Yeah, why yeah. not? Misfits, man, the song Misfits, listen to um, the credits after every episode. It's the same song, and it slaps every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Every time it starts, I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this. You know, sometimes <laughs> I like to go onto Wikipedia, because right now I just looked up who Lydia Poet is. and Oh, yeah, I, she's real. I yeah. like to go down to the uh, also see section. To see what mm-hmm. what it links to, and uh, the only also C section is first women lawyers around the world. So there's a Wikipedia page for first list of list of first women lawyers and judges by nationality. Yeah, so that's cool, right? Yeah, no, and she's a real fun character. She's um, obviously has trouble practicing law because she's a woman. That's part of the deal in this kind yeah, of show. Of because they're um, stupid. But she's not... She doesn't, like, break every rule imaginable <laughs> like Holmes. You know how Holmes just breaks every rule imaginable and goes, oh, it's fine. Well, I, always <laughs> just see, I always just see Holmes as, like, ex, uh, um, like, uh, uh, what, what do I always hate? Like, exposition. Like, yeah. you can't have Sherlock there talking to himself, so he has to talk to somebody. So right. why not talk to Holmes? Like, that's literally... How I've always felt about uh, uh, Holmes in, in, in the Sherlock. Series. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how. How I mean, I'll definitely check this out. Yeah. Still worth a shot. Hundred percent. They also like have this way of as things are ramping up, the music hits just the right song, 
and it gets you all amped up because honestly the stuff that happens isn't really that exciting <laughs> it's very good. like queen's gambit style really like it's not that style. exciting no, that's not fair dude queen's gambit, Come on. Was queen's gambit wasn't exciting they made chess exciting chess is exciting dude. chess is exciting for you yeah, because like, yeah, I'm a big dumb so I like have I'm glad no there's idea. people out there. I have like no idea how to really play chess, but I love watching chess be played. Yeah, because they're they're geniuses. You just don't know why they're, why Dude, they're geniuses. When Magnus Carlsen <laughs> takes 23 minutes for one move, and his one move is like moving a pawn one space up, you're like, and and, and the commentators are all like, "What a brilliant move." <laughs> <laughs> what do you see like what do you see that i know I, he probably went through every chess strategy in every book he ever read in 23 minutes and was like now we're gonna go with the sicilian he has, a, he, has, <laughs> he has this amazing video that people are that they show him uh like the play move set and he has to guess the movie that oh. the the that that chess board is from and That's fun. The, and the last one that they give him, he like looks at it. And he like squints for a second. He says, "Is this Harry Potter?" <laughs> so while watching <laughs> Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie, he like remembered how that chess game was played. <laughs> oh my god, dude, he's awesome. Like, what have Patrick, you been doing, man? I gotta tell you, this has been. A terrific week media wise for the chocolate bear. Nice. Just a, a terrific week. Uh we have The Last of Us out. We have The Mandalorian Ugh. out. We have uh, uh Tom King's uh human target wrapped up. I have the I have the uh, collected edition of Dual Power Bomb, which hands down was the best comic of 2022 hands down nice. the best comic of it's it's seven issues and it is so emotional and so powerful it, it, it's really really a beautiful story uh we have scream six come out dare i say i enjoyed it even more than scream five we it's had awesome I'm so excited oh, i loved it dude i loved it and then of course we capped it off last night by doing a double feature of course i watched primal fear you called me while i was in the middle of that but before even primal fear i went and saw 65 which was the most average movie i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i've heard such mixed things i was like i'm not gonna bring it up unless steve does <laughs> it is the most I got back and I told my brother it was, I'll tell you one thing about this movie and it's that it exists. <laughs> it was so it's so surprising. Well, I know, dude. You know how my, you know how I don't like Adam Driver's face but I love his acting? Like, yeah. There's no work that he could have done that would have saved this thing. That's fair. It yeah. was one of those movies that it felt like the the characters were props like they didn't yeah, do and... anything on their own everything that happened to them was reactionary and like yeah things would just like randomly come on screen or happen around them and you're like well that's fucking convenient or that's not convenient yeah and that's like that's something okay once and once or twice in that kind of movie because you want the fear factor but it shouldn't be all the time 
Yeah, and then like, and this is gonna be minor spoilers. I mean, it's kind of the the crux of the movie. So if you don't want if sixty five interests you, skip ahead. I'm just gonna tell you this right now, Patrick, because because you're not gonna want to watch this movie. You you even will, if I do, it's fine. You will hate <laughs> this movie. Is Fair not enough. your cup of tea. It's my cup of tea because I love dinosaurs. I'm so upset that Sam Raimi didn't do a good job. Well, he produced, didn't direct. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we're fine. Exactly. Um, but this movie's whole thing is that he crash lands on Earth. He has to get to the escape pod. And this is all happening two days before the comet that destroys the dinosaurs hits the Earth. What a fucking convenient coincidence for a plot. Well, that's okay if you do it right. Well, that's the thing. Like, but how does he know it's two days before? Thing, dude. Like, you don't think that that being trapped on a planet with dinosaurs that are carnivorous giant lizards that could eat you in one bite—if you can't make that like the most important thing and the most dangerous thing—you have to enter in this meteor. Like, yeah. that's just poor plot lining to me. That's just giving like, I, yeah. The, the drama could like there's no reason to have a time limit on this on on what's going on there's no reason to it doesn't add anything to the story yeah i watched one review where the guy was like we've clearly seen this post-apocalyptic thing work with the last of us this movie could have worked oh oh for sure <laughs> like but, but I'll tell so you, that was funny i enjoyed that you, the same thing that I, I've been telling everybody about this movie. This is a movie that I thought would be like this. I honestly only went to see it for one reason, one reason alone. In order for more dinosaur movies to come out that are not Jurassic Park. Yeah. We have to support dinosaur movies that are not Jurassic Park, regardless of how good they are. Like, Hollywood producers obviously only see one thing big green dollar signs and yeah. the only dinosaur property that has big green dollar signs is Jurassic Park and I love Jurassic Park I hate Jurassic World but, but you know Jurassic Park 1 is one of my favorite movies ever yeah it's a great movie <laughs> right it's a great movie it's objectively it a great movie <laughs> I, do, yeah. I literally don't know one person that doesn't like Jurassic Park. And I'm not even a fan, and I loved it. I was like, wow, this was incredible. How did he do this? Right, dude. This and, could and sell in 2020. Like, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing, dude. Like, I just want more dinosaur movies. And yeah. so in order to get more dinosaur movies, you have to go see dinosaur movies in theaters because that's the only metric that these Hollywood producers are going to pay attention to. That's fair. Yeah. I like your thought process. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, like I said, great week. And then I capped it off last night watching uh, our discussion of the day, Primal Fear. Yeah. Now, this was uh, this was your pick. It was, yeah. Could you uh, explain to the Cubs and Cubettes out there <laughs> what you were thinking? What were you thinking? What I was thinking is I want to know how Edward Norton was in his debut role. Yes. Uh, Speaking uh, of because green dollar signs. Character in, what is it? I mean, so so my brother and I, whenever we talk about favorites, mm. because we don't think it's fair to have like one favorite or, or, or something, because it could change day to day. So what we always say 
it's top shelf, right? It, yeah, yeah. Up there, higher than other movies. There's spotlights on it. It's in a glass case. But you're allowed to have like up to five movies up on the top shelf. And what yeah, that's fair. Top shelf pick since the literally the day I've met you was Fight Club. Yeah. Which is led by by Ed Norton. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and uh, now we see it, little itty bitty baby Ed Norton. Why do you want to see that so bad? Um, because the little bit I knew about it reminded me of what he would do three or four years later, right? Yeah. In Fight Club. Like it was a very similar idea, but different plot line, uh, much more in the way Fight Club's a kind of kind of wide with its plot and like trying to figure out what's going on. This movie was very straight and centered to it of like, this is what's happening. Do you believe it or not? Uh, And that's really all I knew about it. So I wanted to know how he played it in a position of, um, you know, it's kind of known that something weird's going on. Uh, And I just wanted to see how his debut role was. Honestly, it was his first movie. It's first time he was cast in a movie. It's wild. So crazy. Whenever like people's first movies uh, are like so well recognized and their first performances are, are first are like super recognized like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, And here at Forest Film Club, we love those things. We love to go back and see where people started or, you know, what maybe they've become because of it. And what I told you last night, uh, before we jump right in, <clears throat> is, you know, back in the day with Fight Club, the narrator is a very simple character in my eyes. And that's part of the charm of the narrator is you always kind of know what you're getting from him. And everyone else around him is so volatile. Yeah. Um and that's an important aspect of it, but what was I? Oh, I had my thought and I lost it. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Um, Sometimes you just get so excited about a point that it just like. Yeah, it just lost me entirely. Flutters um, away. Oh, Jesus. Whatever. We're moving on. Talking Let's about... start talking about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just do it. It'll come and back. If you love, <laughs> we'll cut if it. You love. <laughs> ideas and thoughts that drift away mid-sentence yeah <laughs> like no <I> suggest <laughs> that you email us at forestfilmclub club 22 at gmail.com we would absolutely love to hear from you guys give us a movie give us literally anything we will do uh we are making good on our promises we have rearranged our calendar to accompany a, a listener movie. It will be coming out in, in a couple weeks. So, Ayush, I hope you're still listening out there because we haven't forgotten you, buddy. But we want to get uh, through a couple movies first before we did uh, uh, the movie that you suggested. And if you also would like to see what, what we're up to, what we've been doing, what we've been interested in, you can also follow us on Twitter at Forest Film Club. We'd love to have you on there. We'd love to to, to grow the numbers on there. Uh, would really help out people seeing us and speaking of seeing us and hearing us. What is the number one way that people could help us out, Patrick? 
Tell your friends and family, your lovely cubs and cubettes, all of them. Let them know what we talk about. Tell them why it's so exciting. We would love to hear from them. Give us their five-star reviews. Any other reviews, let us know what you think. And that helps us make better shows going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it really would. Uh, we want to watch it all out there. We want to watch anything that that people could could get to us. So so please please do please do listen in. Uh, I just want to tell you right now that primal fear is one of uh, four movies that garnered a. Uh, a Oscar nomination for a debuting performance for an actor. Would, Pretty crazy. Would you like to try to guess any of the other four? Not at all. I would probably never get them. Would you like to know them? Yes, I would. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Harold Russell, Russell in the best year of our lives from 1946. Nope. Check I watch a lot out. of old movies. That's not one. <laughs> well, hold up. That's what's so funny about this kind of because it would take 34 years for another supporting actor nomination, this time with Timothy Hutton in Ordinary People. Okay. All right. I do know that one. Uh, next up, we have The Killing Fields. Uh, this is considered one of the greatest debut performances of all time. With Hang S. Noor, uh, who who really uh, uh, kills it in that movie. I, I love that movie. I, I watched it a few years ago. It's truly breathtaking. Nice. And of course, rounding out that list, we have Primal Fear released uh, in, in what well, we'll get to when it's released with the stats, won't we? Uh, yeah, we will. Edward Norton. Uh, and since then, there has not been a single movie that has been uh, nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor from a debuting performance. And in fact, I thought this this was also kind of interesting. There wow, was, almost 30 years? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, we're rounding up there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have never had a debut uh nomination for best actor we've had it for best huh. actress best supporting actor best supporting actress but we've never had one for best actor that's interesting isn't it so something else i thought of as i was watching this movie <clears throat> and it's really interesting so we've been talking recently Right. How there isn't there's finally a new crop of actors. Yes. But if you look at the cast of this movie, these actors span 40, 50 years of acting and they've pretty much held that up until now. Well, then that was another thing that I was I crazy. Was, I was watching <laughs> a couple interviews with with Edward Norton and he just keeps on bringing up that like. Richard having Richard Gere on set with him was invaluable to him. It was it had to be the he, he, he which was kind of funny because I watched these interviews like directly after watching the movie last night. And mm -hmm. he says of Richard Greer Gear that 
there was no better first dance partner than Richard Gere, which is kind of funny because uh, his character, Aaron Stampler, called Martin Vale a great dance partner at the end of the movie. And this yeah. interview happened like last year. So I really doubt that Edward Norton like remembered that line off the top of his head. I don't know about that. I think he just mess with everyone. <laughs> I don't think that he says at the beginning of the of the of the interview that he's like, my memory on a lot of these things is really, really shaky. I remember how I feel, but I don't like really remember being on set very much uh, right. he constantly brings up that whenever you're going at it with these veteran actors something that they never tell you about something that they never warn you about is fatigue you know he he said that he would oh, be, yeah. he'd be in these intense intense scenes these shouting and crying scenes and there'd be times whenever he would have to like take a break and go over to the the uh catering and get a, a quick bite or some coffee and then go right back at it because he's he doesn't have the stamina yeah. that Richard Gear has in these intense yeah. scenes. Uh anything you want to talk about in specifics before we get into this? Uh yes, yes, yes. But it doesn't really have anything to do like related to the movie. It just took me about a half hour to separate the Martys out. Because Frazier's dad is in here, and it really threw me off that the main character's named Marty, but he wasn't. And Fair I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't, get, I just couldn't place it in my head forever. <laughs> but I got it, it worked <laughs> great. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, Frazier's dad, that's fun. <laughs> People, we are talking about primal fear this week, directed. By Gregory Hoblet, which doesn't Hoblet sound like the baby form of like a goblin or something or a troll? A great name, yeah, that's a great name for a fictional creature, you know what I mean? A little hoblet, yeah. like you could easily in your mind imagine what a hoblet looks like. Uh, before we get too into it, can we just hit the cast first? No, let me go on, okay? Because there's like a, there's a couple in here that I'm let like, they on. are let still rocking on. it. Shut your beautiful <laughs> mouth there for a second. I will. Shut your I was shocked. <laughs> All I'm saying. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, written by Steve Sagan. And, and Steve Sagan, uh, who does have a, a Wikipedia page, but his only accolades in his Wikipedia page are the novels. <laughs> Not even Primal Fear. <laughs> It's not even no. in his Wikipedia. Not even in not even barely a mention. The one where the debut actor, supporting actor, got a, a nomination. <laughs> we need to fix that. <laughs> and the other one, Ann Biderman. Uh, Ann Biderman, who you after learning what she did after this movie, uh, and and I guess even a little bit before it, I suppose, you really see where she came into her own uh Boy, I hope that it is a she because I'm, yep, it's a she. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to be calling a male and he or she. Right, or right. Whatever. Um, but Ann Biderman would, would go on uh, to create Southland, Ray Donovan. Hmm. And in fact, was a first season script writer 
for NYPD Blue. And if, if you remember, NYPD Blue is considered one of the greatest television shows of all time and has the most first uh, uh, season awards from the Emmys. So this is right up her alley then. Yeah, yeah gotcha. So you can really tell where she's, uh, uh, where her bread is buttered, so to speak. Yep. It is starring a cavalcade of, of performers here. We've <laughs> got to start off with Richard Gere uh, as as defense attorney Martin Vale, fresh out of having a gerbil sucked out of his ass and ready to kick it in this movie. Did you know that? Did you know that that was no. no. So we're what? watching this movie, and I bring up how, how my brother was watching it with me. And I bring up how dad you like hated richard gear he hated him didn't like him in anything and my brother says oh that's probably because he heard that there's a gerbil up his ass i said what so i had to do the old patented google machine check and yeah at this time there was a massive Hollywood myth going around that Richard Gere went to the ER one night and had to have them remove a gerbil from his ass. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's all right. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, that's what that episode of South Park's about. Lammy oh, there you go. Lammy winks, Lammy winks. Uh, we have Laura Linney here as well. She was looking stunning this whole movie, I thought. Uh, yep. playing prosecutor Jeanette Venable. Took me a minute to realize that she was the one in Ozark. Yes. Yes, she is in Ozark. Uh, also, yep. a, a great outing from her playing opposite of Jason Bateman, of course. We have John Mo- Mohani, uh, who plays Shaughnessy, mm-hmm. the state's attorney. We have my girl, Frances McDermott. Playing Dr. Yeah. Arrington, I loved her in this role. The moment she was on screen, I was like, oh, God, I cannot wait for her and Laura to, to face off in, in the courtroom. Yep. We have Stephen Bauer as Joey Pinaro, who is a, a kind of thug who's who's around. Uh, anyone else you want to bring up? I think we're good. I thought I recognized the Alfrey Woodard person, but I don't really think I watched much that she was in. So she just looks super familiar. Yeah, she's uh, to me. She but, was like one of those like uh, that girl actors. I was like, oh, she's in yeah. a thousand things that I've seen. Uh, I remember yeah. she was in, uh, uh, one of those Captain America movies. Uh, probably, I think a Star Trek or two. Okay. Yeah. She's got a she's pretty wide ranged in the stuff she gets involved in. Oh, she's terrific. I mean, she's she's a she's really I really enjoyed her in this movie though. It, yeah. At times I felt like she was uh I mean, she's a judge. I hate judges because they have to be like so yeah. I hate like that that autonomy that judges have. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hate Whatever. Uh, the only last one really was would probably be Tony Plana, Plana, whoever you say his name, um, yeah. like the leader of the gangster group. Yeah, playing Martinez. Um, yeah, I liked what they did with the gangsters 
side of things because they didn't stick to like the usual gangster plot line. Well, then the, I, I was telling, I was uh, enjoyed it too. Like I, I was, I really enjoyed it because the entire time you're, I was watching it, I was thinking, how are they going to inter, like interweave this gangster subplot into the murder mystery? Um, so that was really fun. And of course, yeah. this movie was released. On April 3rd, 1996, when your WWE champion was, in fact, Shawn Michaels. Patrick, I got to tell you, I'm getting really good at this by now because of all the movies we've done in the yeah. past. <laughs> Most of the time, whenever I see the date, I look at it, and I'm like, oh, that's probably whenever Blake was WWE champion. And I'll tell you what, like eight times out of ten, I'm right. At this that's point. not too bad. Yeah. 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 Not not too bad. <laughs> It's helping your history. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, Patrick, would you like to guess how uh, much this movie was to, to produce in, in $1995? Mm, $25 million. $25 Well... Patrick, I got to tell you, you are very close. We'll give it to you this time since you didn't go over. Uh, okay. 30. Okay, right. Yeah, $30 million. Uh, so, not bad. Do you want to guess how much it, it brought in? Hmm. So, overall, um, I don't know. That's a good... Maybe 80? 80 to 85? Maybe 80 to 85. Uh, We're not going to give you this one. That's uh, fine. You are actually way low. Really? Not way low, medium low. This actually broke 100 million. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, which I, you know, me at least, I would think that, uh, uh you know, in 1996... That's a blockbuster. Yeah. I I mean, just watching it, it doesn't feel like it's one of those. Like, it feels like to me, like you mentioned earlier, like this is somebody that watches NYPD Blue would be clamoring to go see. But like, how many are there out there that are going to go see the movie? Yeah. You know? And oh, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Richard yeah, Gere apparently held way more box office power than I thought. <laughs> yeah, and, in, and, in, and current day, dude, that would have been... Uh, like a five hundred million dollar, uh, return. Good on him. Or I'm sorry, fifty five million dollar return. My bad. Or yeah, sorry. However it happens. However that math works out. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. So so not Impressive. bad. Yeah. Five hundred million dollars to a hundred and two million in 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 two thousand twenty two money. Really good stuff. This movie was a hit. I think it goes to show you how much uh, Richard Gere was like the man Ooh. at that time. Oh, he totally was. Every romantic comedy, all of it. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was the guy uh, for sure. And I think the. Uh, uh, the only man uh, that Edward Norton really needed in his corner was was Richard Gere. Shall we get into the plot? Yes, let's do it. 
All right. So we start off with Martin Vale. We learned quickly that this is a man that loves going around corners. Yes. <laughs> you know, Martin Vale has one favorite word, and that favorite word is technicality. Allegedly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that is so. This movie finds the the best subtle ways to infuse humor. Oh, it was I just really loved it. Really <laughs> we'll get into those, but like the word allegedly is very important for a long running need. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's good. great. And it's great because they use up they use up two of its uses of allegedly early on. Yeah. It doesn't come back for like another 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, ah, yeah, rule of three, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, something I enjoyed about the setup of this movie is at the very beginning, Martin Vale, once again being performed by uh, uh, Richard Gere, is attending a banquet, I suppose, at a Catholic church. And, and you immediately get to meet yeah. all of the major players that are around you get to meet Shaughnessy uh, who's like his, his uh, arch nemesis, I suppose you get to meet Venable who we learned they had a little one night stand that lasted six months, according to her. Which, <laughs> yeah. Once again, great way of instilling a little bit of humor. Yeah. Uh, right there. And then of course, uh, we have a brief introduction to to the Bishop of Chicago. Uh, this was great crash course right here. It, it introduces yeah. you to everybody you need to be introduced to. Uh, and you're meant to be taken on a linear path here, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because we see everybody kind of being copacetic and we even see the art archbishop rushman being like loved and cracking jokes and having a great time we're meant to believe that this guy is good of course because it's a movie we know that something's laying underneath the surface and it's really fun to go on that journey of what was so corrupted about this guy it's a great role because uh even though he gets killed early on, he's still like a main character of this movie. Well, yeah, he's just always he's always in the atmosphere. Yeah, it, it's similar to what uh, what's his name? Sean B said about playing Eddard Stark in, in Game of Thrones. It's the mm. best role ever because you get killed off at the end of the first season. But people talk about you the entire series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick, does anybody actually enjoy it, like boy, like choirs at church? That's does a great question. Enjoy that music. I, I I guess the people that go to church do. Tell us if you do. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. I. So I had to sing in one one time uh, at a friend's funeral. Uh, well, a friend's dad's funeral. His mom asked me. I couldn't reject the mother of the person who just died. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. So I I sang it. Um, the songs just aren't fun. <laughs> I don't find them fun. That's all. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know about you, but I, I get this, this sense that 
Richard Gere, Martin Vale, I suppose, only takes cases that he like knows he can win. I see that I uh, that was a question I was gonna have for you because I couldn't tell. It, that, it almost well, seemed like he was more interested in interesting cases. See, to like, see if he could win. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a challenge. Well, I think that we really get that later on with a very important uh, gambling conversation we'll talk about later, right? Yeah. Uh, but you're right. No, I think that you, you make a good point. In the beginning, he does kind of make it like, hey, we win. That's what we do. Yeah. You're going to do your we- job. I'm going to do my job. Right. And we get a a great inciting incident with the bishop getting out of the shower and then his fingers getting cut right the fuck off. Yeah. And then absolutely demolished. 78 stab wounds, amputated hands, limbs, eyes gouged out. And, uh, uh, it's awesome. And, uh, um, book number and page though we don't know what it is yet is carved into the chest uh i did make a note about the 78 because i was like does that have anything to do with religion and i never really looked it up but um i'm wondering like if that has something to do with something no i I don't think it does i think that it was no what we saw Um, okay because none of it corresponds to the Bible. I, I looked it up. I, okay. I looked that up because I was like, if it does, that'd be cool. And I'm actually happy that it had to do with the Scarlet Letter. Instead, it's very thematic yeah. with with what's going on. Um, whenever we, whenever we first see, uh. Mr. Aaron Stampler running away from the from the carnage. He's absolutely covered in blood, almost gets hit by a train. Like, this is the best kind of inciting incident, right? Yeah, it works. It's the best kind of inciting incident. It's intriguing. It's brutal. You immediately know that if this kid did do it, there has to be a really good reason for behind it, right? Right. What's this? What reason could this young kid have to just murder a priest out of nowhere? Right. And then you get these conversations with with Vale and he, where he's talking about how he picked him up off the streets. This first of all, he's this uh, stuttering, uh, yeah, kind of like meek, polite kid. Who? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no, no. That's my favorite <laughs> joke in the whole movie. We'll get to it, but. <laughs> Me too. It's the one yeah, that like we'll literally to... got me busting up out yeah. loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's stuttering. He's like cowled under the railroad tracks. He doesn't know where to go. He's caught. There's a million cops around him at that point. Yeah. Uh, he's lost. Dale comes in. He's like, yo, I'll take this on for free, but I need to know that you didn't do it. And Sampler gives this story of how there was a third man in the room. Mm-hmm. That the man attacked him after attacking the bishop, put the knife in his hand, and whenever he woke up, the guy was gone, and it was done for. So he ran because he was covered in blood. And it makes me upset that I had an idea of what this movie was from the book we read. Because if I didn't, this would have been so much more interesting. Uh, what what book? All the that? reveals and... 
What? What book was that that we read? The, when yeah. we read the um, oh the the guy that um did movie reviews. Oh right. He ta- that's why I wanted to do this movie. I made it on. I put it on a list for future considerations. Okay, what did he say in that? You you can't just reference something and then not <laughs> explain it. No, I no, I don't remember exactly what he said. He was just talking about how like the audience scores were higher than they expected for that oh, movie. Sure. Um, so that's like I just remembered it, and I'm like, oh, Edward Norton's first role, great movie scores. I'm gonna keep that for later use. We might okay. need that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why it's kind of why it came back up, and uh, I'm I'm glad it did. So. Gotcha. This movie at the beginning of it uses a lot of like legal jargon that Mm -hmm. they spend no time explaining to idiots like me. In the 90s, you probably would have known it. Huh? In the 90s, you probably would have understood because a lot of the shows had that that stuff in it. A lot of shows now have it, but I don't watch those shows. Well, they're not the the shows of the time. Like police procedurals do not interest. They don't interest most people now, though. That's the problem. That's all the old Dude, people that, that watched them in the nineties. True. How many? How many different types of SV, SUV, SUVs? How many types of SVUs or like NYPDs are there? They're like that's what I'm saying. It's the sixty-year-olds that were watching it in the nineties oh, and are still watching I'm it. Telling you, my no? every one of my coworkers are into it. My sisters are obsessed. Really? Yes, dude. This is like I'm shocked. People. <laughs> Dude, I think it's because, like, over the past, I don't know, 10 years, true crime has really popped off. Yeah, that's true. As a popular form of entertainment. So people, like, like, I think more now more than ever, these, like, legal things are are popular. Um, Mm. I don't watch them. I'm not a lawyer. So a lot of this jargon goes over my head. But... It's the implication of them, right? It's the it's the inference. Yeah. This script does a great job of explaining the dangers of these terms without actually explaining the danger of these terms. And I really yeah. enjoy that. I think this movie was written very, very smartly uh, for that to happen. I'm happy. That, all I'm saying is that I'm happy it doesn't dumb it down. There's nothing worse than. Mm-hmm. What characters are on screen and somebody says something and then they say you and i both know what that means and then they go on to explain what that means because then it's like <laughs> yeah. well, why'd you do if you both know it like what's yeah anime that? style yeah exactly, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah oh, god i love that that's my favorite part of animes <laughs> you're like i don't know what just happened oh don't worry they'll tell you oh they'll tell you for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Dragon Ball is so, best at that. How how interesting did you find the conversation he has with Shaughnessy a little bit after this? Or maybe it was a little before. I don't remember now the order particularly that they mean too. Uh, about how he knows Shaughnessy's corrupt and Shaughnessy's willing to just give 1.5 million to a gangster. So he leaves. He just yeah. wants him away. He doesn't care that he gets in trouble. He just wants him not in the town. Um, I <laughs> like, wow. Great. That's what I mean, though, by like this legal jar, because that conversation and then the one that follows it up whenever he's talking with the actual gangster, 
I was like, yeah, they're talking about a lot of stuff that I really don't understand, but I know mm-hmm. that it's important. <laughs> yeah. Well, but like the actors themselves sell it because you can tell their intent by the conversation that's happening. Yeah. Um, like he's clearly the- like the gangster's like, I'm not, I, I'm not leaving. I don't care what he says. I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah I'll take the money <laughs> yeah. yeah and and to see you get this sense is like the worst kind of like public defender where he's literally only in it for himself he does yep. not care what happens to other people and we'll see that. and that's what's so interesting about the opposition of the gangsters right the gangster literally says i'm trying to make this neighborhood right. better but they keep yeah. trying to ruin it yeah. <laughs> i'm like this is so cool yeah it's it's really really interesting the framing of yeah. this movie is so fun uh something that happens consistently throughout this movie is people leave restaurants and bars without paying constantly <laughs> or or if Laura Linney ruined another glass of alcohol by putting a cigarette in it, <laughs> I, I almost wanted to count how much money she would have lost by how many drinks she ruined. <laughs> Dude, That's at she, least like $100 in bar tab. Her, her character belongs in the 1960s when you could smoke anywhere at any time, right? Like, Yeah, she was always being told, you can't smoke here. <laughs> we, have je- we have officially cross the threshold that we can't smoke anywhere anymore you know yeah yeah <laughs> we get our first interaction with richard gear and and uh, a very young edward norton what did you think of this first scene that they had together where where edward norton is describing the the third man in the room saying how much he loves the bishop and could never do such a thing uh, what mm. what do you think about that? What what was your in- interpretation? I think if I'm Richard Gere, I'm inclined to believe him with a tiny dose of what about it-ism. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I believe him? There's something off here. Uh, well, you know, like, he seemed way too nice. Well, see, like, that's the thing about the few, like, legal dramas, dramas that I have seen in the few, and, and, you know, I'm... I'm there's a lo- local lawyer that comes into the restaurant a lot, though he doesn't talk about his cases. The one thing that he does say is if I'm defending somebody, I have to believe them. Yeah. Like something switches in my brain that no matter what anyone says to me, con- contradictory wise, I have to believe my client. So I do believe my client. And yeah, and I'm you can wrong, see him turn that on in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really enjoyed it. Because that was something that my brother and I were talking about. was like, I really don't understand why he believes him so much. Because open and shut case, a full disclosure, this movie, like, from the get-go, my brother and I were like, he did it. Like, there's no suspense here in that. I think that's the, I think that's the fun of it. I think you already know that. But yeah. Richard Gere's character doesn't care whether you did it or not. He just cares if he can get you off. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we'll talk about. It's a about. game to him. And that's something that we'll talk about <laughs> later, once again, with with a very with maybe my favorite part in the movie uh, yeah. later on. Uh, man, with this guy, talk, with these guys talking about how much they want the death penalty on, on Mr. Stampler here, 
was that is this not timely after telling you about the old ladies at work last week who says that our yeah. governor isn't Christian enough because he doesn't support the death penalty? Well, so here's the no, I, I know it's a very long time ago, okay, but watching it through my eyes, I'm like, do you realize how corrupt you sound just jumping the gun right to death penalty? You're not even gonna see if he did it. <laughs> you need to at least consider the option that maybe he didn't do, do it <laughs> or like he thought about doing it or maybe it was like an accessory to it. So that doesn't mean death penalty. Like well, slow so, your roll there, Marty. So, so my only <laughs> well, thought about this. Oh, Sha Sha Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my only thought about this is that like, it's kind of a cover up. Right. Yeah. Because oh no. Yeah. Well, only because he wants everybody to think that him and the bishop were tight. Mm -hmm. You know, and what better way, even though they were really enemies at this point. So what better way to come off like their best friends than seeking the absolute harshest punishment for the person that killed him? Yeah, he's playing his game. Because like otherwise, other than that, like I really don't understand why they're going so hard for the death penalty here. On this 19-year-old kid that never did anything wrong ever. Right. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, it's about this time that I real that I realized that this is like the most classic and awesome like courtroom score ever. It's really good. There's a <laughs> it is very good. specific type of music that you need when watching a uh uh, courtroom drama and shit, right? Yeah, the horns. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> As you're walking to your car to get in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is a score by James Newton Howard, a man who has been nominated at the Academy Awards no less than nine times and has not won a single time. I was going to say that name sounds super familiar. Yeah, he's done a ton of movies that that you would know. He he did Okay. Um he's he's worked with Hans Zimmer for the Dark Knight movies. Yeah. Uh, he did King Kong, Space Jam, The Fugitive, Pretty Woman. Uh he he's worked with M Night Shyamalan a few times for The Sixth Sense. That's uh, such a wide range, too. They got some really good experienced veterans on this movie. I'm telling you, dude, like this was a this was a, a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, everybody working at, at their top form here, right? Yeah. Everybody uh, working at, at their top form. Uh, as the movie progresses and, and we see Stampler's stuttering more and more, the only thing that I could think about is how specific was the stuttering from directing and script. Uh, for instance, like in Fargo, William H. Macy plays plays the husband in that movie, and he's a stuttering mm -hmm. person in that movie. And I've read the script of Fargo. Those stutters are in the script. Okay. Like exactly in the same spots? Exactly in the same okay. spot. Exactly those same words. So I'm wondering how much of this stuttering is script versus like being improvised by Norton on the spot. Uh, that's just like a, a sub thought in my head because I'm finding the performance so enthralling. I'm interested. I really do think he made some stuff up. 
I what surprised me. I mean, I think he went off script once or twice in this movie because there were parts that should had no rights to be as intriguing as they were. Potentially, man. Well, so and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know about you, but I watch a lot of movies with subtitles on, and often with subtitles, they they translate the subtitles specifically from the script to the screen. Yeah. And there's a bunch of times in this movie where there's just like tiny words missing that the actors say that aren't in the subtitles or they switch words around. So you might be onto something there, Pat. Yeah, we did the same thing and I noticed that. Very <laughs> yeah, good, very good. Um, the trial begins and Vale is there and he he really is going for the third man defense. Um, mm-hmm. You gotta love that he won't give a plea without a psychiatric evaluation uh, he's such a smart guy though too because he doesn't just say well you could plead the fifth he's like yeah. well no there's multiple cases where this is okay to do so he's not talking well it's kind of funny that we were talking about chess earlier because like later on in, the, in my notes i have that martin is the magnus carlson of the courtroom like he they, they all are in the movie though they're all playing a different game at the same time. <laughs> well, okay, but like this is okay. You'll understand what I mean whenever it gets to it. But like, there's a yeah. very specific way that Magnus plays, where they call it the Carlson effect. Mm-hmm. They literally have it named after where you're playing your opponent and your opponent is doing such weird things with their chess pieces that like their opponent is literally flustered because it seems like they're making mistake after mistake after mistake, and then. Boom, in three moves, you have to forfeit because you realize you've already lost. Yeah, yeah. I think I have an idea where you're going, but uh, right. yeah. No, you, I think yeah. you do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we get our first interactions with with the young Stampler and uh, our Francis McDormand character, Dr. Arrington. I really enjoy yeah. them as a duo with this movie. They seem really, really uh, uh, having a good time together. Yeah. Even though this is a very dramatic movie, you get the sense that everybody was having so much fun making this movie. Yeah, they all seem to connect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the movie just kind of goes on. I mean, this is a lot of, of figuring things out. Uh, Vale yeah. sends off his workers to dig up some info while rummaging through Stampler's apartment, he uh, uh, his uh, associate Tommy gets attacked by this other choir boy named Alex. Also, throughout the movie, I'm wondering where are the other choir boys? Uh, it's attacked yeah. by later on. They find him, and Alex gives big info dump about a certain tape with sex stuff, as they call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I that was interesting to me because to me I, I mean obviously you start realizing things whenever you start hearing them seriously for the first time and people in our generation or at least around where I am uh, we only uh, we only started like talking about Catholic problems with molestation whenever I was in like I don't know, 10th grade or so, maybe ninth grade. And so yeah, I and the, realized that this has been a systemic problem like since the beginning of time, apparently. Dude, that movie Spotlight is so excellent. Yeah. 
but it's so incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I agree. Yeah, that movie came out in 2015. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's later. It definitely you took understand a while what I'm to saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Like this whole process. I was in CCD. Yeah, like this, not even knowing about this stuff. Yeah, that article <laughs> that Spotlight is based off of came out, I think, in 2003, and it's based off of police work that was done in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, first, somebody's got to stop these people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's rampant. Somebody's got to <laughs> stop them, yeah. y'all. Here's the deal. If you are, I understand that there are, that there are good people out there. But if you're a good person and you're part of a group of people that have problems with their leaders molesting kids, then you should probably get out of that church. Well, so this movie, though, takes a different take on it. And I've really enjoyed the version of sex tape they went with. Go on. Uh, they take a different take of molestation, Patrick. Well, the priest doesn't do it. I don't think the that's priest videos it. it. Yeah. The priest videos them doing it. I mean, and that to me is interesting. Like, to me, that's not, that's like such a pedantic difference. That doesn't make it better. I'm not saying it makes it better. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying it's just an, an interesting way to look at it from like, because all you, you ever see is. You could easily see how through like the priest's eyes. He's yeah. like, well, I'm not touching them. I'm not right. That's them. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I. I he's sa- he's sure. saving their soul without being involved. Well, he's <laughs> like, and, and as he puts it, expelling demons. Yeah, yeah. Purging the devil. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> god no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before this though, you also get some information that this uh, Archbishop Rushman was in some dealings with this Shaughnessy that he backed out, costing them millions of dollars. And so all of a sudden, this third man theory doesn't sound so crazy. Yeah. So now you have two possible outcomes here. You have the assassination hitman that Shaughnessy could have had, or you could have that one of the boys did it, one of the altar boys did it. Because as... as Mm -hmm. Uh, once again, Bale believes it was not sampled. It's Alex, right? Yeah, Alex. Yeah. So Alex goes in. He gets he gets caught. He's the one that allows them to to understand that there is a secret tape filled with sex stuff. Dude, um, that chase scene was so good. Yeah, oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> it was yeah. such a great chase scene, and I like that that guy had a background as a cop. Yeah, yeah. That they had on his team. Uh, he seems not tough at all but when he gets in those situations he's like nah bitch i was a cop on the streets you ain't getting past me well so just tell us what we want to know i'll tell you what's so interesting about this movie is that there's so many characters that play reoccurring roles in their future that guy ends up playing the police chief in brooklyn 99 yeah i, I <laughs> thought that's who that was richard gear loves playing corrupt self-absorbed lawyers because he does it again in chicago yeah. You know, and then you have Edward Norton who plays a guy with personality disorders not once in Fight Club, but you also have to remember that he's the Incredible Hulk, too. He was also in the Brooklyn movie. Yeah, the Brooklyn movie. Oh, of 
God, what the heck is it? Just called Brooklyn? Ah, oh, Jesus! I don't know. It's when his it's when his mentor goes and he has a stammer. He has the same kind of stammer. Interesting. So I, he has I, trouble I communicating with people. I'll have to find it for you. And then, uh, and then Laura Lynn also plays a, an attorney in another movie that I'm forgetting off of off the top of my head. But point is, like everybody in this movie plays similar roles in the future of their careers. They're in their element. It's very funny to me. me. Yeah. Uh, We get back to the courtroom drama of it all with more information coming out. Martin is up there in the stands. And even though he's getting smoked, and I mean absolutely fucking smoked, uh, by by Venable. By the way, his ex-lover Venable has been put on charge of this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting they work together at the same Venable. office. Yeah, under Shaughnessy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, he is fucking destroying him up on up on the stands, dude. This is the part with the book, right? Not yet. Oh, okay, all right. Not yet. That does come up, but even by this point. Uh, yeah. I don't know, this be the part with the book. Yeah. Either way, either way. Because he doesn't know about it, so he gets mad at his team. Yes, yes, and that's whenever they go out and find Alex. You're right. Uh, all Martin's doing at this point, Martin Vale is doing, is planting seeds. We might as well call him Martin Appleseed by now because he's planting <laughs> seeds of doubt. Well, the- he says in the beginning, right? You only need one person to not believe he did it. Yeah. That's his goal. His goal is one person. That's all he wants. I mean, at that point, at that point, you got a 12 angry man situation. Yeah. Right. This is like, you know how the 12 angry men begins at the end of the trial? Yeah. <laughs> that, this is like the, the trial of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's the lawyer that got them to that room. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that's the thing because the one thing that they constantly say that both sides constantly say throughout this is that they need a motive. Without a motive, they do not have a case. Yep. Right. And and that's why finding this tape from Alex is. Uh, from Alex's instruction, finding this tape is so important to both sides. Yep. Now, the problem is, is that they do find it, and Martin must determine what to do with it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why they call him Dirty Tom. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a smart move. Right. Once again, yeah. this is the Carlson effect. He just moved his night to E3. Opening yeah, sure. Up, opening crazy up Bishop and his rook for a dual attack. Yeah. You know, do you attack him? Do you go up a piece? Or do you think, no, that's what he wants me to do? <laughs> right. Now it's getting scary. Now yeah. you're questioning yeah. it. On top of that, we see more and more of these conversations that Stampler and and Dr. Arrington are getting into using the video camera, which they need. It starts running low on battery, which seems to 
bring out a different kind of Aaron Stampler, right? We see it immediately. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. And that's whenever you, the viewer of the movie, you're like, oh, the third man. <laughs> right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Third man. There is a third man. There is a third yep. man. Just so happens to be inside the other man. Uh, where are you at in this movie right now? How are how where do you think this is going to go? I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's the one that did it. Uh, but as they point out, uh, eventually you can't change the plea halfway through a case, right? You can't say, well, our original idea was wrong, so let's redo this. Let's get back to center and we'll restart this entire trial with brand new evidence. Can't do that. Um, and, you know, knowing that, huh, that's weird, um, is coming into the picture. I still was not sure if there was actually a Roy. Right. Right. Like, is he just making this other side character up? Fuck with everybody. Like, is he actually there? Um, so I re I liked what they did with it because they didn't give you a lot. They gave you a very tiny moment. Yes. It, it wasn't enough to make a f official opinion. That's what's <laughs> so smart about this tape being delivered now. Yeah. Is that Vale can now work his way around his own plea. Yeah. To hopefully cause a mistrial. Yep. You know, <laughs> he's so smart. <laughs> so smart. I loved it. <laughs> and Shaughnessy doesn't want to fall for it. Mm -mm. Shaughnessy sees what's happening right away. <laughs> yep. You know, he's pissed that she doesn't burn that tape. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened going further if, if she did. Uh, I would have yeah, yeah. that alternative scripting bit. I bet you they thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh this is whenever one of the one of the gangsters that we talked about earlier that's having these problems with Shaughnessy, uh Pinero is is found dead. Yeah, and he actually committed to speaking on for trial. Yes. Against and, Shaughnessy. And, and well, not against Shaughnessy, but for his case. This is the this is the closest that this movie has. For me saying, oh, maybe it was a Shaughnessy assassination. Yeah. You know, because now this random guy's dead. Yep. And you only saw him once before that. Yeah. And I'll tell Which you is what, also cool. Like, such an interesting way. Like, you'd think you'd get the, the people to really fall in love with this gangster character for really trying to save the neighborhood. They're like, no, you just get to see him once. You get to know what he's about. And then we kill him. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, dude. There's a there was an absolute part in my mind that I was like, "Oh my god!" If the fucking twist is that Shaughnessy hired one of these gangsters to kill the Archbishop, I'm gonna be so mad. That's why I was, dude. The second that plotline even happened, and then I remembered the one and a half million. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I see like, where we're going." He paid, he paid him one and a half million. Yeah. I was like, 
I would did it legally somehow. So bad, dude, that that was the twist. If that happened, you know, yeah, rightfully so. I would have, yeah, yeah. Um, this is where we get like an amped up courtroom drama where Mm -hmm. Shaughnessy gets called up, Dr. Arrington gets called up. And we have so much fun. I just fucking love watching lawyers in a movie. I just love yeah. it. It's so when it's written well, it really works. I've always wanted to do like a D and D campaign where like some of the <laughs> some of the game takes place in a courtroom, just because it seems so fucking fun. Yeah, you know. And I'll tell you what, my only you should do that with the courtroom stuff in this movie is that they don't do my favorite thing that like happens in, in courtroom TV shows, which is um which is whenever somebody says something, whenever the like defense says something, the prosecutors say, I object, and immediately the defense says, statement withdrawn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Marty would or Marty would never do that. No, no, of course not. No. I just have on my notes right here. I love this shit. The pacing, the, this courtroom. He works a courtroom well. Th- well, this courtroom battle, dude, gave me like more anxiety and interest and excitement than like so many like big action movies or 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 like it's just so mm-hmm. good the this is like one of those movies that i could see a lot of people kind of not liking because there's not a lot of action it's boring but like this not is a boring example <laughs> of how dialogue can be your action in a movie yeah right Absolutely. I mean, him like constantly leaning over towards all the jurors and just turning his head to ask a question and then just reacting directly at the 12 people sitting there whenever they'd say something ridiculous. He'd be like, oh, my my God, (laughs) I loved it. He was so entertaining. She was, too, but she was more of like the angry, stressed out entertaining. Yeah, for me, but. But she's going to lose her job because John is, he's a dick. So well, I, I can get the pressure there. I want to talk yeah. about that later. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about everything that's coming together right now before we get Stampler on the stand and talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we find a tape. He has this conversation with Aaron where he's screaming at Aaron that he is a murderer. He did kill him. And Aaron finally snaps. And now we meet Roy. Oh, I love Roy. Let's talk <laughs> Roy. Tell me about yes. Roy. Uh, so, Roy comes out when Aaron is unable to handle the pressures coming at him, essentially. A la Narrator Fight Club. Huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god! I was I like, it. "Oh my god!" It's Tyler Durden. Like, yeah, it's literally Tyler Durden. It's incredible. Yeah. Only he's doing it. He doesn't yeah. need Brad Pitt to help. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have two, and, by uh, the way, I have two possible shared universes that this movie could be in. But go on. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, so Roy wakes up basically 
takes it over. He first thing he wants is a cigarette. Every character in this movie wants a cigarette. And he's like looking under the table. He's it's like, gotta it's be gotta be one somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> he's willing to smoke a bud <laughs> if he can find one, the butt. Uh, but he starts telling him, uh, you know, he starts telling Marty about how he would never, Aaron would never be able to do that. And while he's but, doing that, he's like, he's impersonating Aaron's yeah. daughter. And then the best joke of the movie happens. Best. The absolute best. I I, I wrote the quote down because how could you not? You've seen him with the on the floor, dude. Hit it. God, his face. His face when he's saying it too is just like stellar. I just said it, but yeah, like you've seen him with the duh duh. Come on, he couldn't do this. I told him to get up. Duh. <laughs> God, he he's so good as Roy, and I just you, wanted more Roy. You really feel two characters being performed here. That's yeah, really, really awesome. Uh, and you know he's he's violent, right? He hits Marty. He pushes him against a wall. He starts a fight. He's got all these things going on. But this whole time, Marty's like, because Francis McDermott comes back in to save him because she sees because she knows and he doesn't let her tell her what's going on. So she comes flying in and he's like, no, no, no. I want to play this out. I want to see where this goes. (laughs) I I need I need some information because that's why he goes there. Right. He's missing information that he badly needs to help him. Yeah. 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 Now he gets it. Now he's like, oh, there was a third person. So how can we prove? That Aaron could have never done it, but Roy could have. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, let's do it. I like this. <laughs> Absolutely. And right after that, he meets up with this journalist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The journalist is interesting throughout this movie because I, do we need him? Yes. Well, for yeah. one scene specifically, but he could have done that with someone else. No, I don't think you could because I don't think no. that you have this ability. Because like nobody else, we see at the beginning that that he's the only person that for some reason, uh, Vale feels comfortable talking about himself personally to. That's true. It's never explained though. Yeah. Yeah, and when he says, "If you ever go to Vegas, why gamble with money?" when you can gamble with people's lives. Then he stops and says, that was a joke. And he says, no, seriously, help these people because I believe that there are real good people out there who need help. And I'm the one that can help them best. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this conversation right here? I I really liked it. Uh, Specifically when he says, you know, good people can do bad things. Yeah, because uh, it's true, right? You, everyone's got someone in there. Listen, we've had we've mentioned it briefly multiple times, but no matter where you are, there's somebody you don't like working with. Yeah, and you will do anything possible to avoid them because you know you'll blow up if you have to at some point. That happens. Good people are everywhere around you, and there's always someone that you don't dive with around. Yeah. Um. It also doesn't help when they're filming you having sex. At a young age, that might add a little more. I don't like you vibes, but 
<laughs> you know, uh, but it, it's important that it's understood that, that that's why he does what he does because people make mistakes. It's okay. life. I, you know, I went through my own shit back in the day and I made a mistake and now I'm here. It's fine. I survived through it. Now, um, here's, here's my real question. Do you believe him? Who? Uh, Vail. Do you Marty? Vail, that that's why he takes these cases. No, not at all. Not one bit. But he needs to believe that he does. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you no, not one bit. He loves the fame. He's he, he is more so excited about the fame. Shit, dude, I'm like, you yeah. are so drunk. You are yeah. trying to convince yourself that you're doing all this altruistic stuff. <laughs> you are no. such a bullshitter. Yeah, absolutely. I don't believe him for a bit. He, you know? he is more excited about talking how he's on a magazine cover and he's on the news than the moment he's talking about that stuff. And, and I so. love it that they talk about gambling with people's lives and the very next thing he does is he sends that tape to his opponent. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk yeah. about gambling with people's lives. Uh-huh. You know? Well, so, he knows, too, that what's happening is probably going to get someone he's in love with fired. He's got to play that game, though, huh? Yeah, but he's got to do it. He's gotta he's gotta win. He's gotta yep. save he's gotta save this boy. Yep. You know, because that's the only way he's gonna get more famous. <laughs> I just the way you said that made me think of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. So the musical. We've had we've had uh we've had a Shaughnessy for some reason on stage. Yep. We've had uh oh Arrington, even Tommy gets a gets a little. His <laughs> <laughs> fight's so funny. You know yeah. about the cop that's on his team. Yeah, yeah, his <laughs> part's so funny. He thinks <laughs> this is <laughs> this is where. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. This is your point of the rule of three, right? Yeah, so right. Yeah, you take the oath of truth when you get up there. And he decides that's the best time to use allegedly. <laughs> he just doesn't know what allegedly means. No, not at all. He has zero idea of what allegedly means. Like, no, dude, you need to tell the truth right now. You're on sand. Like, yeah, it's so Very good. Funny. Yeah, that one got me too. That's what I mean. They really infused it well. It like made the serious not so serious sometimes. And you know, I liked that's it. what I mean by like, by by Vale being the Magnus Carlson of the courtroom because yeah. he makes it seem like that wasn't part of his plan. But whenever Tommy leaves the stage, he turns to to uh, uh, Stampler and he's like, went perfectly. Like that went exactly as I wanted it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They they that whole team is very on it together. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Even though there's uh, only three of them. Yeah, but you know, they, when you're working a case like that, well, well, you all need point, to be on the same page. Yeah, my point is like a, earlier in the movie, he gets mad at them for not knowing about the book, and Tommy's excuse 
which I think is a very reasonable excuse, is they have yeah. 50 people that they can put on this case. Right. Yeah. They you can know? put the yeah. entire group of them yeah. to look for this book. So and like, Shaughnessy think, has an in. Right. So I think but, that, <laughs> I think your point is is very well taken in that like you have these three people who are working better as a team. Mm -hmm. these 50 people that are being given to venable over here who are well that's because they work out of fear right right Right? they're working out of we don't want to get fired (laughs) you never get the sense that that veil is would fire his like really take Mm -hmm. it out on his team like he's angry but like he constantly gives them chances to redeem themselves yeah you know yeah it's very true yeah, 100%. And finally, we have Sampler on, oh, the, on the docket. Oh, and this such a good is, scene. This <laughs> is whenever uh, he enters the end game, as they call it. Yeah. Yep. He has all his pieces set up. Venable sees so many routes, and she thinks that she could get him checkmate in five moves. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Dude, this face-off is amazing. <laughs> this was like, once again, this like kind of courtroom climax was more exciting to me than like any like Marvel movie has been since Doctor Strange 2. Maybe Big Ant's coming at you. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. so intense. It was. And it's kind of brilliant because uh, Vale starts off his questioning, obviously. By the way, by this point, Dr. Arrington was already on, on stand. And her, they say her professional professional opinion is that Stabler could not do any bodily harm to anybody. He's been too abused. He's too meek. There's no way he could do it. And I think that Vale's one fuck up is right here. Yeah. This is when she he goes too up. far. No, no. Whenever she, um, whenever they're talking to Arrington, I'm sorry. I should clarify. Oh, okay. All right. Her fuck up when talking to Arrington, the judge offers to have a state appointed psychiatrist. Yeah. To come look at Eric. And she denies it. Yeah. That's where she fucked up because that's where Vale wins. Vale gets her confident. This whole (laughs) right, this whole trial, she is fucking smoking Vale. She is destroying him up and down. If I'm on that jury, that kid's guilty. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And all she needed was a professional opinion that he did not have uh, a. what is it? PDD or whatever? Oh, um, DID. DID. That he did not yeah. have have DID, but she denies it, Patrick. She denies it. Yeah. So, when oh man, when she up, did that, I like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, you're so stupid. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I was like. Ball game. Because now he got away with using that. Yep. Yep. You know, like yep. he wasn't supposed to. That's not legal. <laughs> yep. He can't. He literally can't get away with that. But now you let him. 
Yep. God. That's not what's on trial here. Right. Exactly. This is that. This is that like Elo six thousand move that he just did. Now we have first, of course, Vale uh, talking to Aaron, and it goes very well. However, there's this moment where Vale covers up the mic and tells him to stop being a little girl. Be a man is what he says. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, no, but it comes back later, and it's so fucking good as a payoff. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and boom, like he he goes pretty quick. Yeah. And then Venable gets up, and this is whenever it happens. I have it in my notes: lay up and slam dunk, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> It was over. He knew he won. He knew what was going on. No, and this is what's so brilliant is because like Venable did everything she should have in this situation. <laughs> I feel so you bad know? for her. she was <laughs> spectacular, dude. She had this in the bag. And as yep. we know prosecutors love doing, they love like attacking the person they think is guilty. They fucking love it. And she yeah. does it more and more and more and more. And as Vale understands it, the more that that Aaron is threatened, the more likely Roy will come out. They did a great job showing his hands getting less shaky. Well, and then I noticed that anytime he's turned into Roy, he starts rubbing his temples with his thumbs. So mm -hmm. as soon as his hands went up again, I was like, oh boy, here it comes. Yep. You know, and and it was not what I expected. No, we either. <laughs> but it was brilliant because yeah. I mean, this is just this is obviously now the ploy from Aaron, of course. But like, he's really that like Roy is really that different from Aaron. Yeah, you know, Roy comes out, shouts at her about being a bitch, jumps over the stand. Yep. Puts her in a reverse choke. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, she's, you know, she's great. <laughs> before, before being yeah. subdued and, and taken out. I mean, really, really wild stuff um, going on here. Um, this felt so real. Given the it, it characters, was given pretty the, incredible the, the, what they were able to pull off in this room. Yeah, the writing, like everything is coming together for just this spectacular, like climactic moment. I even enjoyed that Frances McDermott character leaves because she's like, I don't want to be around for this. I don't want them to ask me any more questions. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> she just pieces. <laughs> it's like, all right, he lost his shit. I'm out of here. I tried to tell him. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to. Yeah, I tried. I tried. <laughs> they didn't listen. I tried. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You know, and now yeah. Venable is like, fuck, he was crazy the whole time. <laughs> you know, even she's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Uh, now they get back to uh, the, the judge's office and she's flat out with her. Right. She's like, I'd love to go further. But honestly, our only course right now is to dismiss the jury. Uh, and if we dismiss the jury, it's going to be a bench trial where I'll decide the outcome. 
And my outcome is that he's guilty by insanity. There's no two ways about it. Or innocent. Yeah, but she also gets him in trouble at the same time. And it's like, if you ever do that again, I'll have you disbarred. I'm like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> he did justice. What do you want from him? Yeah, shut the fuck up. He did his job. Like, it isn't his yeah. fault that you suck. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And she goes home. She's like, I'm going the fuck home. I'm and tired. She, should, she deserves yeah. the... <laughs> she Dealing had... with those two? <laughs> yes. You get the feeling that that Vale has a history of just, like, abusing the court system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody... Well, she knows him from his past, right? Because she was he was on the prosecution side. Yeah, absolutely. So, she knows who he is. She knows his games. Those are the best kind of lawyers in movies when you have to outmaneuver the other lawyer and the judge to not get in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Venable is is fired. I like don't understand why she's fired. <laughs> because she didn't do what the mob king wanted her to do, basically. Well, no, I get that, but like that's not no, 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 no. She gets fired because Shaughnessy's corruption gets brought to light during the trial. Something right. Well, but by by mob king, she, I mean Shaughnessy. Something that she <laughs> could have no control over. Oh no, for sure, yeah. But she he's has an asshole. No control over that. So like, why is no. she getting punished for it? I get it, but that's how <laughs> it works. Like, there's that's corruption, no baby. To it. That's corruption. It is corruption. I'm on Venable's yeah. side here. She deserves it, better. Yeah. She doesn't deserve to work for Shaughnessy because Shaughnessy is an absolute cunt bag. Uh, yeah. the, this is the second time in this movie where uh, Vale's like rubbing up against her back and is like, do you want to dance? And she's like, no. And he's like, that's a no spell. Y-E-S, right? And it's like, I get it. It's the 90s. No doesn't mean no yet. But like, come on, dude. Like, you're being really creepy right now. Oh yeah, they they really made him a not okay. Yeah, man. like a really it was not all right. Really big. Sleep. But she wanted it. He could see it in her eyes. <laughs> God, uh, and he terrible. He, he leaves. She puts out another cigarette in the shot glass. Ah, she ruins another great glass of alcohol <laughs> with a damn cigarette. <laughs> And then uh, he goes to visit Aaron. And how is Aaron that they did it? They're going to. This. I So here's the deal. This movie was like pretty darn good at that point. This part. If this part was not there, it wouldn't have worked as well as it did. Well, and from from the interviews that I heard of Norton is that there was like a lot of of conversation behind the scenes while this movie was like being written and directed about whether or not to include this twist. And it was Richard Gere who was like, no, like this is the point of the movie. This is is why, this is why the movie works without him turning back, like showing that Aaron's the fake one. This movie doesn't work. So I have to ask you this. Okay. So you're watching this scene, right? He literally goes, you told me to be a man. I knew what you wanted. Yeah. So I gave it to you, basically, is what he's saying. And he did. 
So this this got me wholeheartedly because like okay, his inner personality's Roy got it. When he goes, no, no, you're not, you're wrong. Aaron's the other personality. And I'm like, so you've been pretending to be Aaron for two years? Dude, that's no, commitment. I don't, I don't think that's it, dude. No, I don't think that's it. Really? Well, how do they, why would no one else know he stumbled? He's been pretending to be Aaron since he got caught by the police. That's why he had to kill Linda. Because Linda would have, would have. Oh. And there, okay, and I'm thinking the choir boys would like call him exactly. out. Exactly. Notice how the choir boys clear out because they're all terrified, terrified of Stampler. Alex was threatened by him to to destroy the tape in case of. Got you it. Know, now, now you have to understand that they. So so Ven- uh, Venable's mistake is not asking for a state psychologist, right? Veo's yep. mistake is not interviewing Alex about the content of of Aaron's character. Right. Genius. 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 <laughs> Genius. Could you imagine if this wasn't in the movie? Genius. Like, ugh, it just yeah. doesn't and work without it. Otherwise, it's just an ambiguous, is he crazy or not? Yeah. I like when you get an answer because that fills the character out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, at least that's my interpretation of it. Um, no, that's a fair that, way to look at it, though. I didn't think about it that way. There's there's definitely... I think that by the time that this latest sex film has been made, that Aaron already knows that he's going to kill the devil, yeah. to kill the bishop. And so maintain silence during the during that filming. Mm-hmm. So that way, when they're watching it back, they can't be like, "Oh, he's not stuttering now." But there's only one tape because they keep on replaying. They keep on taping over it. Yeah, this is my read of it. That's no, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Always gotta fucking love like a reveal line yeah and the reveal line of tell miss venable i'm sorry about what happened to her neck oh man (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait a minute like i know that (laughs) i have already suspected i think as as you should that you know he's been at least fake he's been faking it right but yeah. you know that it's a great plot twist whenever you're like suspecting it and then the drop happens and you're still surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, we didn't think they'd do it, but they did it. <laughs> you know, my, they did it and my brother and I both like snapped our necks to each other and both of our mouths were wide open. And we had it already takes him been, an extra second, right? We had already been talking about in the movie that he's faking it. Yeah. And like poor <laughs> Marty's walking out as he says this, and then all of a sudden you see it click, and he's like, What? <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> and he turns around, and I love this. So, like, this was like um this was I was like, oh, wow, this had to inspire the most recent Batman movie. 
with with the Riddler who thought that Batman and him were working together. Oh, okay. To gotcha. take down the, the crime boss. I was like, wow, this is like, I'm turning to love these kinds of movies where the bad guy like legitimately believes that like he's working with somebody else. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? And you get your partner line you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the dancing partner. They're the best. Yeah. I totally agree with Richard Gere here. Like this twist needed to happen. Uh, I don't necessarily remember that part of the book as well as you do, but I guarantee you that this is the twist that got the audience into it. In what book? In, oh, in the in the audienceology book. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't remember. Like I said, I don't remember the details. I remember it was mentioned. So yeah. I, I made notes of it at the time. Well, There's a couple other it ones might not too. Be mentioned in the book, but like this is what had to give the get those audience scores up, right? Yeah, I bet you it was just like me, where it was like I don't know, like an eighty. It was a pretty good movie, and then that twist happens. They're like, oh no, that's like high eighties, maybe a ninety. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, because that's where I ended up landing, right? That, like, 88-ish score. Um, because of that. It was an okay crime drama because it ended in too much ambiguity without that scene. Sure. Sure, I hear. Um, you know, no one's right in that case. And you want someone to be right. And I love... It's a court case. I, I absolutely love the direction of what's happening here. Like, on top of it, too, Vanilla Bear. Where Veo's, like, leaving the jail... And on the outside of the jail is all the fame and ad- adulation that he loves. You know he's about to get swarmed by the press and that yep. he's going to have to go put on his, his good face. Yeah. Where behind him, he's being taunted <laughs> by Roy. <laughs> gotta... Oh, yeah, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> That's right. He, he just, just keeps, keeps talking. shouting at him. <laughs> Dude, and imagine, and I thought about this, that, like, while this was going on, like, there's still a guard, like, in that hallway. Like, he heard all of that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I want to yeah. know more. I need to know more about that security guard. But, I mean, he... it doesn't get him in any more trouble, right? Because as far yeah. as they're concerned, he's insane. So well, he could no, just be yelling uh, as right. Well, not only that, but that's uh, that, that would be followed under double jeopardy. The yeah. same person can't be tried for the same crime a second time, yep. even yep. if new evidence comes around. Like it's 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 the law. Yeah. So he's found innocent, not guilty by insanity. So he can say whatever he wants now. Yeah, he's good as, to go. As Venable predicted, he'll be out within a month. Yep. You know, crazy. What a good time. Yes. Uh, before we give what we believe this movie will be, may it be a a uh, herbivore, omnivore, carnivore, T-Rex, or Godzilla film, we got a few questions to answer, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. First question, of course. In this film, who would you most want to see fight? A grizzly bear. I, I, there's not really a good answer. I want Roy. <laughs> there's no other. Well, there's no other answer that is. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want Roy. <laughs> yeah, I mean Roy's Roy's the one. I want Tommy. 
that was gonna be my the second closest. Yeah, yeah. I think that he could be fun. Yeah, absolutely right. Who in this movie would you like to see lost in the woods, naked and afraid style? Oh, that's I'd uh, go Tommy. Oh yeah, Tommy would fucking last, I, dude. Yeah, I put Tommy there. Yeah, Tommy would fucking last. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the bishop just because I want to see him suffer. That's fair. Yeah, that's I'd a good have, one. Yeah, you'd have a really hard time out there. Yeah, you know, no videotapes. He'd be, right. he'd be all no alone. And, of course, our most important question, who would you replace in this movie with David Batista? Oh. Hmm. I've been really into Batista being these, like, super background characters. Okay, sure. Recently. I think we go back to the last couple. Um, yeah. So it is I would want used as a cameo. So here's what, what I would want. There's the one guy who's always sitting on the other side of oh, does uh, he have the, the judge. <laughs> Whoever sits on the other side of him, the judge on the other side of the stand where they actually oh, ask the questions, the bailiff yeah. um, or the but, but what, but what would have to happen is during the credits, he would need to read out the case notes <laughs> and, and, and infuse his own thoughts as he goes because <laughs> the whole movie i was wondering like i mean they're not really talking in secret the bailiff's right there well there's a bailiff <laughs> and then there's this stenographer and at one point yeah. she even like leads over she's like write down that veil said that he won't fuck this up sorry that's the one i meant yeah him yeah, the stenographer stenographer yeah yeah uh, i would want him but i'd want him to infuse his own judgmental thoughts throughout the notes that he's taking <laughs> <That'd> be <laughs> be like, this fucking like kid's crazy idea. i like that idea a lot yeah uh, i hate to do this but i'm gonna give a repeat answer he's got to be tommy yeah that's good yeah it's fine it works right that's yeah. why they call him dirty tommy baby yeah he wouldn't even need speed to blow Lock that kid Alex from running away. He would just take up the entire alley. Yeah, the, <laughs> you're not getting around him. Dude, that was the thing. Like, I was thinking, damn, like Tommy's a fucking brick house. Yeah. Yeah. And, Overall, though, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And of course, we don't uh, uh, give our exact uh, uh, numbers anymore for these things. But but for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, on our personal scales, we do give zero to fifties as herbivores, fifty-one to sixty-five as omnivores, sixty-six to eighty as carnivores, eighty-one to ninety as a T-Rex, and ninety-one to one hundred as a Godzilla. Patrick, I'd like you to to give your overall thoughts about this movie, what works, what doesn't work, and then give me what you think this is. Um so overall thoughts i think that the acting in it's so well done so excellent i think the plot is paced in a way that makes a court drama extremely entertaining um like for example one of the reasons i lean towards criminal minds over like the other options or like the svus is because it's more actiony 
the ones that are based in the courthouse tended to bore me. So this one kind of fixed a little of that. It had a good hybrid of both uh, where they were out doing the work, but then they'd bring that work back into court and it all felt connected. Uh, really liked how they were able to put some of that together. Uh, and honestly, I think they made some choices that made it a really solid movie and gave you as a viewer a payoff to the tension they created. Good work with that. Uh, I'd give it an 88. So a carnivore. No, yeah. T-Rex. T-Rex. But 80 is a carnivore. 81 T-Rex. Yeah, t 88. It's a T-Rex, yeah. No, nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I super really enjoyed everything, almost everything that we saw on screen. Uh, this was a whirlwind of, of action to me. Once again, the dialogue is the action in this movie. And believe me, whenever I say that dialogue is so much more important than, than like fights happening, right? I just saw a movie about a dude crash landed on earth when dinosaurs are around. And there's not a single time that my heart was racing like it was during the dialogue right. in this movie. Uh, yeah, this goes to show the power of words uh, that that movies can 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 attest to. I mean, that's why we watch them, right? To feel something. Yeah, now, there are a few problems that I have with this movie. Uh, I would have liked uh, to see more of the prosecutors' side of things. I would have loved to see Venable's like actual research that she's doing because it feels like she's just like representing in court she's not doing a lot of the like the work herself so i think that's the point but i would have liked to see that because she's that's true taking, yeah yeah she's taking the heat for all of this for for and she's getting fired like we should see her neglect her responsibilities then we should see her not d be doing as 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 well that's true um on that side i'd like to know more of of why the death penalty is so being sought after here like i really don't get that um, the whole thing, like nobody cares about talking to the choir boys in this. Like, why does why like why are, aren't all of them involved here? Neither side, the prosecutors or the defense, none of them. Yeah. Are like, oh, we should talk to the choir boys about like who Aaron Stampler really is. Mm -hmm. Even even whenever it's brought out that he might have have DID not a single prosecutor's like hey they got Alex who was a choir boy down there maybe we should go talk to him and see if he's also noticed that he he turns into a different person whenever he's like nervous and shit right yeah and then the number one thing the number one thing that's really missing for this for me is like I really don't understand Martin's reasoning for taking this case that is the one thing they definitely kept pretty ambiguous. Yeah, and like they left that up to you to determine. Right, but like, but like there's this movie has so many answers for everything. Like, yeah, I understand that Martin says that he believes in good people, but once again, I don't know if that's him, him talking about himself, honestly. Or if it's him trying to convince himself. And I guess that's the point of the movie. But whenever that's your main character, you need to have a definitive reason. And one that your audience isn't like, oh, he's just bullshitting himself. Because 
as everyone puts it, he's the most famous lawyer in Chicago. Yeah. So it really does seem like he's only taking this case for notoriety. I mean, he's doing it pro bono after all. And if that's the case, fine, perfect, great. But like, I need to know that for sure. Or like, yeah, that's true. I, I don't even need to know that as if like, that's why he takes it at the end. Like he needs to bring it up when he takes the case. Yeah. I don't know why he takes it to initially. Like, I really don't. Cause I don't believe him that he's like, I believe that sampler didn't do it. No, he does. Nobody. Does. I take your points. I adjust my score down. It still lands in T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Got it. Folks. Yep. Um, <laughs> obviously uh, this is a carnivore for me. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. This is, this is landing solidly at about a 75 for me. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I, I would adjust it to a low 80s after everything you just said. So big I'd thing. still keep it where in its range, but big lower end of it. Uh, would you like to know who also auditioned for the roles of Aaron Stampler? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> there's three names that I'm like, wow, very okay. interesting. Um, it's Let's important go. to note that these three names are three out of over 2,100 other people that auditioned. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, this includes Will Wheaton. Well, that didn't work out. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. That could have worked. Uh, who Who ended up not taking it because of uh, he just did like a, a very mentally draining role from Gilbert Grape. I was just going to say that sounds about that time frame. So that makes sense. He wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and finally, could you imagine this? How interesting is this one? Pedro Pascal. Ooh, he could have done it. Uh, he has said that this was his very first audition. How about it? Yeah. Bring absolutely. it all around to tonight. more ways than one baby yeah Um, for those of you keeping score we have the last of us finale tonight uh that's gonna be going on at the same time that the oscars are happening so the oscars can shove it okay (laughs) we don't need what obviously absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i only care i only care about who wins and i barely do that Honestly, by the time The Last of Us is over and we record, the Oscars will probably still be going and we'll get like to see the important ones anyway. Yeah. yeah. We'll be fine. Well, honestly, I'll probably have it on while we're watching, while we're talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> it's fine. Can't wait. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I would just want to tell the audience that next week we are taking a little detour away from movies and we will be talking about Hogwarts Legacy, the video game as well as doing a uh, commentary for the very first Harry Potter movie. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait for that, man. I yeah. haven't seen that in so long. I don't remember anything. Me either. So <laughs> we'll probably do the, the commentary part first and then tack on our review of the game after the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Of course. Well, vanilla bear, guess what? We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We absolutely did it. Primal fear in the pocket. 
we're on a roll right now with good movies, aren't we? Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised by it because those two particular picks between this and Saint Mob are very much like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah we didn't know. We didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah, um, I like those. Me one too. day we'll get a shit one though, and it's gonna be a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so gotta have, love it. We have some really fun stuff uh, uh, happening. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, really enjoying the jumping around that we're doing. I'm so happy that we picked up Primal Fear for this episode. Can't wait for Hogwarts Legacy next episode. And then Ayush, you better be listening because we have something good coming up for you after Hogwarts Legacy. And of yeah, course, buddy. over there is the Vanilla Bear Patrick. Oh, thanks for indulging my love of Edward Norton. I really appreciate it. Now, if we can get him another Hulk movie, I'd be really happy, but that don't ever happen because they only do dumb comedy movies now. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know, you should know, this has been Mundo. This has been your chocolate bear. Of course, this has been the Forest Film Club. One more time, follow us on Twitter at Forest Film Club and then email us at forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, give us a movie. Give us anything to watch. And as always, as we love to put it, hashtag pass the Bartista. Yeah.